Hey, I'm Sydney, and we're back for episode six of How's Your Soul podcast. And today we're joining with Jamie, and we're talking all about embracing the inner child. How are you, Jamie? <laughs> How am I? Um, I'm really happy right now. I'm here sitting in a beautiful garden. And so in this moment, I feel really happy. I do think it took a little bit of stickiness to get here um, into just the feeling of accepting happiness for what it is. But in this moment, I'm really, I'm happy. And I'm happy to be here with you. I love How are that. you? So, oh my goodness, I am doing better. I'm doing better and I'm just learning to adapt and to find the best in every situation in every day um being in a new atmosphere that doesn't feel like my version of what i've built to know to be home is a new experience so redefining what home is even though i'm back where i grew up you know um has been a interesting ride but it's been Mm. a big learning experience so speaking of home you're not home you're somewhere awesome (laughs) where are you (laughs) i am currently in uluwatu bali um i've been here for only like five days now but I'll be here for the month or maybe longer because I'm, I'm I'm opening myself up to the possibility it's interesting you mentioned home of like what home actually means um mm-hmm. I I came here in a situation where I wasn't necessarily I was living at home I was living at my home I grew up with with my parents and I think they're awesome and I just noticed that it wasn't my full expression of self and so being here I feel my full expression of self and I'm like well it- Hi, doggies. I know, like, right? <laughs> is that like is my full expression of self? Like, what is home? Like, I feel home here, but it's not with my family or my friends, or it's just where my body feels safe and comfortable. So it's interesting you mention the like just redefining home, or just you're back in your home space, but you're complete completely different human I'm sure now than you were the last time you were in Michigan and so like what does that mean to redefine home exactly exactly so for people who don't know who you are what you're about Mm. who you are as a human what you do on the face of this earth how would you describe yourself describe your experience as my dogs ask the same question in the background um, how would you describe yourself <laughs> and your experience to somebody who's never met you i don't know that i don't know why that question always makes me go like eh. like i have to i have to take a moment to go from like the answer i just would say to like what is actually true um so i grew up as a dancer thinking dancing was my thing and it was I loved it so much and through dance and the connection I learned with my body I kind of paired that with personal development work as I grew up and so now the expression of myself is a facilitator in mind-body balance 
whether it's through coaching or workshops or retreats. Um, I am, I feel that I'm here now to bring the connection of body and just like literally feeling <laughs> what we feel as dancers, whether it's through the expression and, and artistry and joy and whatever, but also like and pain and injuries and sore muscles and all of the things. And then matching that with the internal world of awareness, mindfulness, curiosity, growth, um, and pairing those together to provide a service, which I'm still on the very beginning of, I think, but that's who I am. I love that. I love still, that. This feels weird so... to say. <laughs> I know, I know, especially when you're redefining, you know, going from yeah, yeah. one reality to another, it feels mm -hmm. foreign. And, you know, I know for myself, when I decided prior to, you know, getting sick, when it was a decision to step away from the commercial world as a dancer and redefining mm -hmm. who am I, you know, in, in a space of, how I take up space in the world, you know, outside of like my energetic mm -hmm. answer of, you know, I'm a light, I'm this, I'm, I'm, you know, all these different things, but to like mm -hmm. how oh, I yeah. present in the world, um, that it, it, it felt foreign to me. And it kind of, for the longest time when I was like building my own company and things like that, it felt, uh, it didn't feel true you know, at first it was yeah. just like, but no, this yeah. is my authentic experience. This is, you know, I am these things and I am do, I am doing mm -hmm. these things. So it's just that it's not what I'm used to anymore. And I'm redefining myself in this new space. So it does feel foreign for a yeah. while. Yeah. Yeah. So as and I wonder too, it's like, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, I wonder too, like, if we are just conditioned to define who we are based off of like what we are actually creating slash what people expect us to be. It's what we present mm -hmm. ourselves as in the terms of actual tangible things. So I have more videos of me dancing than I do have videos of me facilitating workshops. Right. So then people would say, but you're right. a dancer. And so that I think, jade's my answer a little bit and so i'm really tr i'm working on coming into the truth of who i feel myself to be which is what i shared yes yes so in this new space that you're in in what what brought you to be this person of uh facilitating mind body experiences mm. talk talk a little bit about your own journey and what that looked like for you mm -hmm. okay so I, I grew up doing these personal development programs and I, it's, it's called insight seminars. Who I am is because of them. And I would take these seminars and be like, I want to do this for people. I want to lead people in it. So I would, and I took them as a team. So I just knew I wanted to do that. And I always said to myself, after my dance career, I'll, I'll do this after my dance career. And then I was in the dance career and I felt so disconnected from it because I felt this awareness like this higher, greater awareness that I learned through these seminars. And then just the, what seemed like, and of course there are people who don't fall into this category, but what seemed like superficial, externally based, job focused world. And 
in that moment, my friend Alexa and I, who I, you know, Alexa, we decided to, mm-hmm. to just do a workshop for dancers to have them connect to this inner space. And it kept growing and growing and growing um, during COVID. So, so for those workshops, our focus was really just for movers, like to actually take a break from the outer focus. Let me be good. Let me show off. Let me look sick and booked to being like, let me dance from a place of joy and love and honoring and expression. And it, that part just felt so good to me like that. It just felt true. So I kept expanding it and expanding it. And then during COVID, an opportunity came to do one-on-one coaching, which was awesome, but it was still just so brain focused. Like people just wanted solutions and answers. And I was like, but you're missing such a huge piece of you that has so much wisdom and so much information and so much trauma and pain and experience that like, let's look at it. And so very naturally it, it all just started to make sense. Um, and I'm, I'm a type of person to just have an idea and do it where maybe I should spend a little bit more time percolating and processing. But I just, so then I did a retreat and I did a workshop and I did a course and all these things. And now I'm working on bringing all those together to really bring it forward in a, in a way that makes sense in the world. Does that answer your question? I went on a, I went wide. (laughs) It did. It did. Um, So, um, oh, I have another one. Yes. One of the big, and this is kind of in alignment with inner child. One of the biggest pieces for me is our ability to heal our bodies naturally and and through our own mind. And the reason I feel like that is true is because as a teenager, I experienced it being true. Um, with my scoliosis and I was supposed to get surgery and it was like happened really quickly they're like your your scoliosis is too bad you need to get surgery now if you don't you'll be in pain for the rest of your life and your organs will fail I'm like oh okay yeah right like that makes sense and it was my mom who was like there might be another way let's take a pause and literally the day before surgery we were like we're not going to do it because I would have a rod and screws in my back. I wouldn't be able to dance. I wouldn't be able to move in the way I wanted to. And I went on a four-year journey. I mean, lifelong journey, but at the time it was a concentrated four years of every day, like visualizing my spine getting straighter, making minor bodily adjustments that would like fix each vertebrae. And I, and I healed my spine. And when I have back pain now, I know that it's a call back to my body. And if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't necessarily have this really refined connection between the mind and body. For someone who um, has that disconnect between mind and body, I've seen in just my life observation, you know, it's a, it's a, when it comes to a psychological point, it seems like a lack of trust of your adults, your inner child, not trusting your adult self because your adult self has neglected your inner child for so long. So I was listening to, I was listening to uh, someone, it was a, it was a reel on Instagram, but it was from a clip of a podcast. And he was talking about this exact experience of, you know, for all his life, he, 
he neglected his inner child voice. He operated from a space of logic, a space of making the quote unquote right decisions or the decisions to get him from point A to point B um, that when he decided to step into his creative mind, his creative body, there was a disconnect. He felt mm. always burnt out. He felt all these different things. And then it wasn't until he realized that creative mind is your inner child. And you're asking mm. your inner child to be present, but your inner child doesn't trust you because you've neglected mm. your inner child for so long. So how can how can you ask me to show up in my fullest self, you know, when I haven't been heard all my life. So mm. being someone mm. who facilitates these spaces, um, what mm. have you seen? What have you learned? Maybe even in your own life, from, from your own childhood to your being an adult now, um, what have you seen, observed, and or learned from personal experience? So good. I also just love universal alignment because I was journaling about this last night like part of me being here is wanting to connect to the voice of like specifically those words the voice of my inner child um so the first word that came to mind when you said like what have you what have you seen or what have you learned was permission if we don't have an established connection at this point in time with our inner voice then I almost feel like it's it's sometimes easier to work backwards. Like, okay, inner child is she's she's asleep, she's hiding, she's hibernating, she's somewhere, she's on vacation. You didn't listen to her, she left, she's exploring. But here as an adult self, now without that inner child, if you really just felt that adult self now minus without a inner child, it feels a little bit like dull to me I've experienced I feel mm -hmm. dull I feel boring I feel life feels gray and mm -hmm. in that moment what I've found is the quickest reconnect to joy creativity inner child right is permission to play permission to as an adult self who feels down just choose into the joy by playing your favorite song and letting yourself dance around or by rolling in the grass or by spinning. And obviously it's like, what, that's crazy. But the second you do it, the literal second your body experiences that of joy, the inner child is like, what, we're playing? Like runs back so quickly. He's like, yes, I've been waiting for you to play. So it's almost where instead of just searching for the inner child's voice, say, like, come back, come back. It's like, you, you go meet them. Like, you take yourself now and go meet her or him because they've been waiting for this. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's a chemical reaction. It's a physical reaction. And I found in workshops when people give themselves permission to play and be silly, even if it's like shaking their body out, it just moves out whatever was stuck and like binding that inner voice and it clears up space. And naturally the voice comes up without you having to go say, you know, talk to it because if you went to talk to your inner voice you'd be approaching it as an adult and as if they were an adult and they're not an adult mm -hmm. they know play food fun sleep like give them those things and they yeah. will experience the joy yeah absolutely and so is there what what's something that your personal inner child 
felt like it needed, but maybe it didn't get until you now being an adult or something they feel like they couldn't do mm. or say or be. Ooh, just got chills. Wait, will you ask me that again? Because something came up and I want to, re- I want it. Yes. Yeah, ask so me it again. what, what what is something that your your inner child felt like it needed that it probably didn't get until you became an adult? A lot of emotion is actually coming up right now when you ask that. Um, the word permission comes up in, in a different way. It's like permission to speak, permission to be seen, permission to be heard. Um, I was very soft as a kid because I had a very loud family and I was the youngest. And so I like came into this world of strong presences. And instead of making my presence strong, I just floated. And the detriment of that now, maybe I won't use that word. Maybe it's the opportunity for that now is allowing myself to have my own opinion like literally down to what I want to eat. I never used to, I just would go with the flow. It was like, I'm with a family of five people. And it's like, you think they're going to listen to me, the little runt, like saying what I want to eat? No, they're going to do whatever they want. And so now I work through that literally every time I ask myself or my partner asked me, or my friends asked me like, where do you want to go eat? I'm like, I don't care wherever you want to go. And it's so simple, but it's like so grounded in my inner child version of not feeling like she could state her opinion so I feel Uh like in this time she's really asking me to even if it it doesn't matter what it is like it literally doesn't matter what it is but just decide and speak up and and do it and it's okay if it has a consequence and it's okay if it ruffles somebody's feathers and whatever like that's on them but like be strong be bold be seen so she's really asking me to do that right now (laughs) I love that. I love that. And I resonate with that too, because I grew up in a household full of the same thing, a lot of strong presences, a lot of loud voices, like naturally, Mm. like in our house, everybody speaks passionately. And, and Mm. when I moved away, I didn't realize how much my inner child actually wanted quiet wanted peace Mm. and it wasn't until I moved back into Mm. you know family atmospheres and I'm like I like there's a lot of times I just instantly feel overstimulated like everything sounds like yelling Mm. to me everything sounds like you know everything's on 10 and constantly like my, my family like picks with me all the time like not in a bad way but they always cause I'm always like why are you yelling I'm right here like inside voices you know and they just to you so wait oh because you yeah, say no that. i say this oh, i say this to them yeah you know? to them, okay. like yeah <laughs> but but they're just so passionate about everything and everything is just so big and you know um just next level and i i'm i've been that meek in a way mm. um wanting that zen space but then at the same time my inner kid actually wanted to have a loud voice wanted Mm. to speak up wanted to be heard but I I grew up in a space of you know um I was always I was always the youngest one 
in my circle of people. And I was the youngest one by a lot. So I would be in elementary school. Everybody else would be in like high school, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? So I was like the little sister running around with everyone else. It wasn't just by a couple years. It was always by a lot of years. Mm -hmm. And my family's pretty small. So I don't have a lot of family members that are around my same age. So when I went over you know, to my dad's side of the family, I'm with grandparents, my grandparents' friends. I'm not with kids that, kids, period, not let alone kids around my age. So I was always in a lot of spaces where it was adult child dynamic. So there was a lot of, hey, be seen, not heard. This conversation isn't for you. You know, I'm not going to make you leave the room and go play by yourself. Like you can sit here and be present, but remember your place. In, in certain wow. situations, you know, because now being an adult, yes, there are a lot of conversations that aren't meant for kids. But at the same time, yeah. being a kid, not being around a lot of other kids, you yeah. felt like you ha- always had to be silent. So now being an adult, I almost have this like adverse reaction to where when I truly believe strongly in something specifically around my family, I, I'm i learning now trying to find the balance because I went from zero to 100. I'm like, well, now I'm an adult, so I'm going to say my opinions and you can't tell me. <laughs> you know, like my inner child is like, no, I'm going to roar because I'm not a kid anymore. <laughs> you know, but it was that thing. It. <laughs> it was that thing that mm. you know my my inner child wanted for so long, and now mm. now that I'm an adult, it just went like zero to a hundred. And so now mm. my adults like, okay, you have points, <laughs> but let's let's rein it back, <laughs> like time and place, oh, and funny. there's still other people on the other side of your words. And even though you may mean mm. well, you, it's still about how you say things and not just what you say. And you mm. know all of these things that is like trying to comfort the inner child, but also leave honor what the inner child has to say. Mm-hmm. And so that is the balance that I'm dealing with now. And I find, you know, with you and your allowing your inner child to have an opinion, have a perspective. Have you um, ever had that like night and day reaction with anything now that you're allowing your inner child mm-hmm. to kind of be present? It's funny. It to me, so there was this like phase of life that I remember so vividly, probably eight to 10 years ago. Nah, probably more than 10. 10 or, okay, around 10, where I would just remember my <laughs> aunt all the time, all the time when we were together, my aunt was always like, why are you yelling? Why are you yelling? I was like, what? <laughs> Do you hear everybody else? Literally, like when my family gets together, family and extended family, everyone is so loud. And I would always get so mad at her because she would tell me that I was yelling. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, but I'm not. Like, and I was like, wait, am I loud? And I realized very recently, so after however many years, this last time my family was all together, I realized that it wasn't that I was being loud. Everyone else was very loud, but they just were not used to me being loud. Yes, And so it was never a conscious switch of like now I'm gonna do this but I think naturally my voice 
got stronger and stronger and so much so that it like took people back which Mm -hmm. I actually really appreciate because in that zone if I was just loud all the time similar to what you're saying if I was loud all the time and nobody said anything I would just be loud all the time when people are loud I'm loud right because that's what I learned if I don't if I don't get loud I don't get heard so I'll just be loud when people are loud but because she said that it made me question when do I want to get loud because I can see that it's seen like clearly people notice so yeah when should I get loud when could I get loud in order to be heard with an intention and Mm -hmm. when you were talking about your experience I was just thinking like how cool it is that you fully expressed your roar because (laughs) now you know what it feels like and you know it's and and you said something like okay know your place and that's like the language of your elders that you grew up with right but like what if instead it was like let's use that when we need to use that like yeah let's be the let's be the peace let's be the zen and let's roar when I need to roar. Like now that I yes. know that I can, let's do it. And it, it feels, yes, I don't know. I like it. Feels fun. It feels good. It yeah. feels good. It, yeah, because yeah. I know for me now that you know, um, now that my family knows, hey, you're here. You have a point of view. You have you have a. Yeah you have a strong point of view at that, you know, and a lot of times, a lot of things you say holds a lot of value, holds a lot of truth. Now that they've kind of like heard the roar per se, um, I don't have to roar all the time, but sometimes it's like to break past that mold of, hey, I'm here, hey, I'm present. It takes that just to say, state your claim. You know, I, I, I'm here yeah. too and I have something to say. But then, you know, now I'm still quiet. I still like my zen. You know, my family's like, you can sit in a room all day, no TV, no music, and be just at peace. And I'm like, I sure can. But now mm-hmm. it makes my voice so much more so much more valuable and so much more powerful yeah. when we, when I do have a conversation with somebody and I do have something to say, people hear me and they stop to hear me. And I think that's so beautiful. And my mm-hmm. like my inner kid, my my inner little Sydney, like finds so much um, comfort in knowing that finally I can speak up and my point of view be validated, or even not even if, even if it's not validated, oh. just like knowing that somebody hears me and I have a seat at the table. And my perspective has place in a conversation, you know, and I think for my inner child, that's Mm. the biggest thing that I've been able to honor. And I feel so at peace and my inner kid is just like, yay, I'm happy I'm here and I'm seen and I'm heard, you know, because I've always taken up physical space, Mm. but my perspective has never had the permission to take up space. Yeah. Do you feel like, do you feel like that was an easy thing to realize? Do you feel like it was a challenging thing to realize? Like, how did it feel in the realization of it? Um, it was a, it was a, 
I don't know, because for me, I've always in, been in tune with my, my inner kid. <clears throat> I always considered myself mm. a big kid as I grew up. Like, even to this day, I'd rather watch mm. cartoons than a reality show. I don't watch the news at all. Mm. I find the news very boring and very depressing. Like, in all the other spaces of life, my inner child shines. I I, I hold space mm. for my inner child, I always have. Um, I just have, for the longest, I wasn't able to uh, find the balance in which um, allowing my inner child to be present in the world and how it relates to how it affects other people, per se. For example, what I mean Mm. by that is that I, when I say I, I'm speaking both adult and child as one. Mm -hmm. Um, I am a very uh, morally led person. So I believe, you know, morally right is right, wrong is wrong. And not when it comes down to opinions, when it comes down to facts. You know, and and I operate and I hold Mm -hmm. the people I love dearly to that same standard. You know, I I operate in a Mm -hmm. place of, you know, I'm going to do right by you, you know, and I would hope that you would Mm -hmm. do right by me as long as I continue to show up as my best best self, Um, you know, all these different things, all that type of world. But then I have to... My kid, my inner child wants to be like, well, you're wrong. So I'm going to tell you you're wrong. And these are all the reasons why you're wrong, but not in a place of I'm putting you down. I'm trying to make you, yeah. you know, I, I want you to, I want you to understand how your actions affect others because I was raised, yeah. you know, very much so as you need to understand how your actions, Sydney's actions affect everybody else around you. So I'm a very in tune individual. And sometimes mm. it can be frustrating when the people around me aren't as in tune. And so sometimes it feels like my inner child feels like, well, why do I always have to be the bigger person? Why do I always have to oh. make space and hold space for everybody else when other people don't hold space for in- baby Sydney? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So in that, sometimes Mm -hmm. for the longest, when my inner child would get frustrated with those realities, it would come out in a roar and it would come out as very blunt truths, you know? And my family would always tell me, Sydney, what you're saying isn't wrong. It just comes out with a bite. It's how you say things. How you're it's saying how it. you're yeah. saying it. it's not what you're saying what you're saying is facts what you're saying is true all of that and mm-hmm. I'm not negating that but how you say things can be very sharp very hard very yeah. matter of fact to the point and my inner kid for so long was just like well why do I always have to care about how it makes other people feel when all my growing Mm -hmm. up life it has felt like how I feel had to be silenced so now I want to just state my truth and how I feel I want that to be heard and you just have to deal with the consequences of how it comes out because I'm also very much the same type of person is if I'm wrong tell me I'm wrong 
but I have to be wrong. Mm. And so far, what I'm saying isn't wrong. <laughs> you may not like how it comes out, but what, <laughs> I, I, love that. But what I'm saying is I not love wrong. That. You know what I mean? Right. And so that was my inner right. kid self. And so adult Sydney is learning, yeah. okay, inner kid Sydney, yeah. yes, you can speak. Yes, you can state your mind. Yes, you can state how you feel. But let's find the balance. Let's find the balance mm. because baby Sydney, you aren't the only person who is affected, you know, right. by your experience. And and right. and everybody right. wasn't raised how you were raised, little Sid. You know, everybody, mm. everybody doesn't have the same set of morals, ethics, and values. So what could factually right. be right to you? Oh my God. Does not mean it's morally right to somebody else. Or what's morally right mm -hmm. to you doesn't make it morally right to somebody else. Or right, wrong, whatever. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's not even about right or wrong. But just your experience does not always align with somebody else's experience. You know? And so for me, mm -hmm. it's always, it's I've always had an awareness of my inner child. It's been about finding the right levels and times and ways in which allowing my inner child to speak once I became an adult. Mm -hmm. Because at yeah. first it was zero to 10 and everything yeah. was just a rule. Right, <laughs> right, right. And now it's like, it's so cool that's one of the, my favorite parts about having an active relationship with your inner child is like the adult self who learns, who sees, I, I've always kind of been brought up in believing there are three parts of the self. There's like the inner, inner child, the, the inner self, the conscious self, and then even a higher self, like a higher yes. self that knows even more than I know here. Yeah. So it's really cool to be the conscious, the conscious self and having a conversation with the inner child with the awareness of that higher self and as we get older and as we grow and the more work we do to connect to all of those like the more that they can ebb and flow like you were just saying i was looking at it's funny the like audio bar kind of goes up and down and up mm -hmm. and down and as you're talking it's like i'm seeing that and it it's true but it like it still needs to hit if it was it was if it was only here it would be too quiet. It has to hit that mark. Yeah. To to balance, to be a conversation. And yeah. Um I just noticed that as you're talking. It's really yeah. beautiful. So what was your childhood experience like? What what was what was seven year old Jamie's like? What what was seven year old Jamie's dreams <laughs> and aspirations and desires? I'm just going to start by saying, like, if I could only ever be seven-year-old Jamie, I'd be a happy girl. I <laughs> love seven-year-old Jamie. She played soccer. She was rolling around in the dirt. She was always outside. Um, she danced and, and did all the things. And seven-year-old Jamie was a freaking star, which is so funny because I'm like, why am I so afraid to shine now? Hmm. But we'll stay there. So when the child me seven-year-old jamie was on stage she 
I'm not kidding. Like, and I'm not trying to be cocky, but like literally outshone everybody only because she loved it. Like stage and dancing. It was like so fun and it just exuded from her and like down to, it was just so funny. My parents would always make fun of me. They're like, you're going to break a bone. Cause I would just like <laughs> hit everything so sharp because I just loved it it was like oh yes and they're like you are literally gonna break your ribs like <laughs> calm down <laughs> so she was fun like she was a star she had fun however that was when she was dancing and doing and active like when she was active she was shining when she was in a conversational space com- conversational mm-hmm. I don't know okay communal space um she got pretty quiet and again always the youngest i relate to you in a lot of ways um in a lot of ways mine was more of a, i had a big family and a lot of kids and i was always the youngest and i was always too young to do what the big kids were doing so it was always like you can't play with us you can't do this you're too young you won't understand um and i and i would go play by myself and so like i loved my space by myself however like i definitely noticed i was just journaling about this the other day i definitely noticed how it's impacted my sense of belonging now because back then i always felt like i didn't belong even it was very interesting like when i was the star it made a lot of people upset it made a lot of other kids upset it made mm. a lot of other kids moms upset because I was in the center and I was getting the things. And it's like so sad that little Jamie learned that when you shine and you have so much fun and you are like absolutely radiant, people are mad at you for it. Mm -hmm. And it was a, it's still something I'm reprogramming and it's still something I'm relearning. Um, It's part of the taking up space, but if that if that didn't exist if i had no idea about anybody else like seven-year-old jamie is fun and free and a star (laughs) i love that i love that so now as you're reprogramming as you're relearning um i wouldn't even necessarily say relearning as you're allowing yourself to exist yeah as you're allowing yourself to Mm, take up space um what does that feel like? Does it feel foreign? Did, did, is there a sense of uh, some type some type of imposter syndrome when you allow yourself to shine as an adult? And if so, how do you navigate through that? Yeah, thank you for this question. Um, so consciously, it feels correct. Like consciously, I understand it. Consciously, I can say, yeah, you can take up space and you can shine and you deserve it. That's like a thing that I say to myself often. Physically feels completely foreign, but in a really broken up way because half of it feels completely foreign and then half of it feels like home. Like half of it feels like, remember how good this felt to shine? Mm -hmm. Like this feels great. And then the other half that, from being seven to now has learned, not learned, has decided to dim the light, to now raise the light up again or the switch up again is feeling foreign. So the process has been very much like 
hold my own hand and take a step, hold my own hand and take a step. And what's interesting is I've chosen a career that involved me being in front and leading a room. Mm -hmm. And when I'm leading a room and something I believe in, absolutely, I feel good. I feel it feels true. I feel happy to shine. However, there's still a voice that is constantly gnawing at that feeling of being home and is constantly questioning and saying, yeah, but I wonder what they think about this. Literally those words, like, mm. I wonder what they think about you right now. I wonder if is this question, this, this question I'm about to say is the one that happens a million times a day. And it's, yeah, but like, are you valuable? Is what you're saying actually valuable? Is mm. that, it, like being impressive for me and like being literally the word impressive comes up all the time. Like, are you, are you actually making a difference in people's lives? Are you, are people really getting what you're saying? Is what you're saying something that people can connect to? It's all centered around like other people's experience of me mm -hmm. versus my own experience of me. When I'm in my own experience, I love leading. Yeah. But as soon as I open it up and think about other people, so that process has been shaky. It literally feels like I'm on those like half medicine balls when you work out. Yeah. And I'm like always like, whoa, like I feel my core, I feel strong, but it's very wobbly. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if it'll ever just feel really sturdy. I don't know, but that's what my experience has been now. And that's tied to your childhood experience. Yes. It is because when in, with a, the version of the girl that was just happy to shine and loved what she was doing, had she not cared at all about what anybody else said about her and who she made upset, I'd still be shining. I'd still love, I'd love it. I would be basking in it, I'm sure. But mm -hmm. because I paid attention to the voices of people that were upset because I shined, I now think that that's the reality, that that is true, mm -hmm. that when I shine, people are upset. And I care. Mm -hmm. Had I chosen not to care as a little kid, it wouldn't be it. It wouldn't necessarily be so heavy of, of a process, or not heavy, but as shaky as a process now. Mm -hmm. Now, do you think it would be different if, in your home life, if your um, older siblings made space for you in their activities, if they accepted you? I don't know if accept is the right word, but welcomed you in what they were doing, you know, because I'm sure it, it's in, in the grand scheme of things, they loved you dearly and all of that. But just like certain things, it's just like if you're the, yeah. if you're in the third grade and they're in the ninth grade and they want to go hang out with their friends, they don't want to take a third grader along, totally understand and get it. But do you think right. that if, if it was a space of, yeah, you can tag along, yeah, you can join. If even as a kid, if you got on stage and those parents, you know, were upset or whatever, if maybe if your family welcomed you in to their experiences, would you have less of a um, less of a sensitivity to external forces, voices, opinions 
if your inner circle, your innermost core group mm. of people said, hey, it's okay to exist and exist in all spaces, ones you create and the ones that you don't. Mm, thousand percent, yeah. Just 100,000 million percent. And it's interesting as you were saying that, but but obviously if that happened, then it wouldn't be my my life would be yeah. my experience, right? Yeah. But thousand percent and even now as adults i am still the baby child right by 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 the way that they all see me it's like i don't feel and family if you're watching this i love you but it's true like (laughs) i don't feel trusted by them necessarily like uh trusted i don't sorry what is the word i'm trying to find obviously it's still really shaky because like words are hard for them but there's a sense of like i don't feel like they believe me Mm. (laughs) in a lot of ways i don't feel like they believe my power i don't and and in turn i don't feel like i believe it right Mm -hmm. or i have to challenge myself to believe it Mm -hmm. i don't feel like they believe that i'm capable of the power that i think i see for myself and it's interesting because when you ask that question i had never even thought about that like if my family had said you can shine you can be here like actually not you can be here like come be here right what difference that would make and i never i have never thought about that before and it still shows up today Mm -hmm. it's just something i've totally like disconnected from Mm -hmm. so thank you for (laughs) asking that question it's it's interesting yeah and it's it's interesting how and I'm just going to speak from my experience. I'm not going to, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that this could be or is your experience, but I know, I know trauma is very real and trauma does not always have to present itself in some like telenovela, soap opera, dramatic, like <laughs> deeply negative, you know, experience of death Mm. or rape or whatever like it could just be you know something as simple as not feeling seen or not feeling safe emotionally in your spaces and I know for Mm -hmm. me all the different degrees of traumas that I've experienced as an adult there's a large chunk of my childhood that my conscious self does not remember and I, I, I realize it's tied mm. because my inner child blocked it as a coping mechanism. Yeah. And there's a lot that I just, my, my conscious self genuinely, it draws a blank. Like my mom can say, hey, do you remember when we went to X, Y, and Z? And I physically cannot recall. I was of an age where I should remember. But that period in my life, there is just a large chunk that's just blank, static, gray, black dots on like Mm. analog TV. I just don't know. I know it happened, Mm -hmm. but I can't visually draw up and recollect and recount to you Mm. certain periods of my life. And things may not have like physically happened, but emotionally 
I, I was going through a traumatic time. Yeah. And so hearing yeah. you talk and just, you know, me asking that question and realizing like, hey, <laughs> that just brought up something that wasn't there, <laughs> you know, that I never yeah. not, not even considered, but just something that genuinely just was not there and just poof, mm -hmm. just presented itself. You know, it's crazy how emotions yeah. and how micro traumas or traumas of any kind can just resurface by something as simple as a question and it, mm -hmm. it forces you to recall a time or an experience in your life um but for me personally mm -hmm. it I, I I welcome those when they do come you know when when yeah when my mom's like hey do you remember and I really can't recall but then something may happen and it's like whoa that just came out of nowhere you know um yeah I welcome those because now I see those as okay there's a reason baby Sydney blocked that out let's dig into it if I can to figure out how I can heal her and maybe recall that memory or that time in my life and make it more positive and, and heal and hold and make space for a baby Sydney that just wanted yeah. to make it go away. Yeah. Wow. And baby Sydney just made it go away because that was all she knew how to do at the time. Right. Yeah. So it's like she used the tool she had available. Yeah. And now you have more tools, but it takes the work and that like really fine tuning of, yeah searching for those <clears throat> yeah do you do you feel as an adult that you have I'm not going to say have that you're safe and I'm going to leave it at that do you feel that you're safe as an adult I'm not going to put a situation or a circumstance around it mm-hmm You just it's the the this conversation com literally compared to what I journaled about last night is hilarious. Um, in this very present moment of my life, I think I have taken away some of the safety I feel inside of myself. In the grand scheme of things. I feel I am safe because I am always looking inside of myself and seeing where I can give myself more permission to show up. So I think that for me, the safety comes from no matter what is what my experience is even in the darkest of moments i have myself like i turn to myself i use my tools i use myself in the best ways i can sometimes it's not you know best ways i can are relative so i do feel safe inside of myself because no matter what i know i'm good like no matter what i'll be okay when I don't feel safe, it's because I'm in judgment or I'm in insecurity of myself or I'm in comparison or I'm in anything outside of 
the truth of who I am? Um, what it sounds like to me, and this could be true, this could not be true, um, but what I'm getting in my understanding of what you just said uh, and how it is processing in my head and what it sounds to me is like uh, your adult body logically has all the tools to make yourself safe. Your seven-year-old Jamie that isn't performing is still struggling to feel safe. But your adult self is trying to hold the hand of seven-year-old Jamie to show her that it is okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. I could be wrong. That's good. But that's what it sounds like to me. No. It is. And like when you said it, it was this like drop, the feeling of dropping in my body and not in a heavy way, but in a like, it's okay. It's okay if sometimes it's only conceptual and it's okay if it, sometimes it's only the adult self telling the child to, it feels safe because that's so real. Like think about children. They are not ever thinking about their safety. Their mom or dad is the one saying, look both ways before you cross the street. Don't talk to strangers. Right. Like these things, like it has always been led by the adult self. So I think it's okay. And mm-hmm. it can come from a tender, loving, comfy space. Yeah. It doesn't have to be so rigid. It's like, you're fine. You're fine. But sometimes right. it sounds like. Right. Honestly, honestly, truly. And, you know, like I think about it's, it's, it's like, but I'm, I'm such a because I'm like, person. I never know now when we cut out or when we don't. I know. I'm such a visual person. But to me, like mm-hmm. I equate it to like your your adult self is like wanting your inner self to kind of just trust fall. Like, hey, I'm here. I got you. Just lean back. Everything's fine. I will catch you. Mm-hmm. I am here, you know, but it's it's hard to you can't children do not communicate with logic. All they know right. is emotion. They know what their body is feeling. They know what their heart is telling them. Sometimes it's hard to communicate logic to a child. And so sometimes when it comes to our inner emotions, we can't speak logically. We have to meet them where they are. We have to meet ourselves where our emotions are, you know? So logically, we may know one thing to be true, but emotionally, Mm -hmm. we can be feeling something else. And sometimes... It's just a matter of holding space for both and not trying to fix one or the other and make one thing, make it just one or the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So if there's anything you could tell seven-year-old yeah. Jamie now, as an adult. I'm pausing because I want to make sure I'm not talking over you. Okay. 
if there's anything Sorry, one more you can time. tell I broke up yep yep can you hear me Can you hear me? Okay. If there is anything you could tell seven-year-old Jamie, what would you tell her? Shine bright, girlfriend. (laughs) I would tell her, shine bright, you're a star. Fuck the haters. It's not that serious. I love it. I probably could have come up with something more profound. Um, But honestly, like, (laughs) I think as an adult version of self, we try with our inner child. I'll speak for myself. With my inner child, I try to speak to her as if she is the conscious, grown adult woman that I am but she's not like you were saying she Mm -hmm. just knows emotion feeling experience so if as often as possible I want to tell her and communicate to her at a level she'll understand like you felt get up again you're okay or you you want to cry yeah I understand why you'd feel sad this is hard life gets hard sometimes or like you mm-hmm. are tired yeah girl take a nap like literally com- like me i want to just meet her where she is in her experience and tell her that it's okay to feel all of the things as long as you continue yeah. to shine as bright as you can and not do not dim your light for any joe schmo motherfucking bro (laughs) (laughs) I love it I love it so all all encompassing Jamie adult and child together how's your soul feeling these days she's feeling She's feeling free. She's feeling like I'm a visual person, so I'm going to describe it in a visual. My soul, all-encompassing soul, feels like she's like this and is like behind her is like all the versions of self. And she's like, come on, follow me. Let's go. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Um, and the other versions back there might be be a little slower you know slower on the journey but Mm -hmm. I feel I feel confident all encompassing we all feel confident in knowing that the key is light and love and trust and joy and Mm -hmm. nature and because I'm in that experience right now feeling really good I love that I love that well thank you so much for making time for me 
This has been episode six of How's Your Soul, where we're talking all about embracing the inner child. So until next time, it's been me and Jamie. Bye. Thank you. Love you, Sid. Thank you.